Hey guys, quick update from the podcast. Our next audio documentary series is going live Monday, August 30th. It's called Slaying Satyev. It's a story about the biggest upset in wrestling history. We put a ton of time into these audio documentaries. Our last one was The Smiths. Slaying Satyev is coming August 30th. It would mean the world to us if you checked out all four episodes on Monday, August 30th, right here on this platform. I really don't have a lot of pressure on myself. I mean, we have a shirt. It's pressure is a privilege. So, I mean, you know, I like having pressure on myself. I like putting pressure on myself because I expect myself to do good. I expect myself to win. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, that's good wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is Ryan Warner, your host. The Olympics are over. It was an amazing run for Team USA. We're going to have a recap episode come out later this week. But in the meantime, let's get you to Austin Gomez, who is our guest today. Austin was a three-time Illinois State champ, two-time Fargo champ, wrestled collegiately at Iowa State, where he was a round of 12 guy as a redshirt freshman. And then Austin retired from wrestling due to concussion-related injuries. But he's back now. He's going to be wrestling at Wisconsin this year. Loved having Austin on the show, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Fan of the week goes to my man Donnie Allen. That's DC Allen 11 on the gram. A fierce wrestling fan, a national champion boat racer, hailing from the Badger State, Wisconsin. Donnie, thank you so much for the support. It was great sharing a few messages with you throughout the Olympics. As always, ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling Changed My Life is proudly sponsored by Spartan Combat who just announced the dates for their 2022 Spartan Combat Nationals. That'll be happening in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida again, April 8th through the 10th, 2022. More details to follow, folks. And that's it. Let's give it up for the great Austin Gomez. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Illinois legend here on the show. It's an honor. This is a big Chicago podcast, so... I remember seeing you for a long time, as well as your family in the in the circuits for a long time. We're going to talk about all of that, but let's get to the present, man. You um, recently announced your re-retirement from wrestling. What went into that decision? How that all come about? Um, you know, when I first made a decision, I thought like I was making the right decision, but um, you know, before I even made that decision, I guess I kind of like 
didn't kind of like fell out of love with wrestling. Um, I didn't really like it anymore. I didn't enjoy it just because I think I was just cutting just so much weight that, you know, I was just tired of it. But, you know, as I was just sitting out at Iowa State and like watching the team, you know, do their thing, do an awesome job. And then, you know, I'd start uh, working out again and stuff like that. And I'm like, dang, I know I can do this again. And, you know, I want to. So I sat down with on a Zoom with the concussion doctor out in Pittsburgh that I go and see. And, um, you know, I just had a good conversation with him. And, you know, if he didn't clear me, then I wouldn't have came back. And so, I mean, yeah, it all started right there. Just wanted to make my decision to come back, you know, because I love wrestling. I love the sport. And, you know, I'm ready to go full force into this thing again. So how early on were you, were you falling out of love with it? Like 2019, when you had that breakout year, did it start then? No, 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 no. Um, just, I mean, right when I got my last concussion, really, it's just like, why does this keep happening to me? You know, I'm doing the right things. Um, I'm training hard, you know, just maybe I was just training too hard, maybe. And, but yeah, I mean, once I had got that concussion, I was like, why, why does this keep happening to me? Mm. Um, I couldn't understand why. And, you know, I was having a hard time trying to cope with things. So, um, you know, I thought that was kind of just like the way out, I guess, because, but down the road, you know, I, I love wrestling. So it's, it's, it's yeah. hard to pull me away from it. You know, I'm always thinking about it and always just thinking about wrestling, trying to get better every single day. So. So when, uh, I guess just so folks who, who don't know, who are listening, um, how long were you out? Was it out? Was it a full year and a half or just the, like a half a season? Um, so the year that I missed, I was out, I think it was a 2020 season and I got hit and I think that's like early October, um, right before our cyclone open, I think it was. And, um, like week before I got hit then, and then I didn't step back onto a mat when I went to go see the doctor. He told me to sit out the whole year. Take, wow. He, yeah. He told me to sit out the whole year and like, just take a break from it, you know, just to heal properly and just making sure we're on the right track. So, but I didn't step back on a mat until February of 2021. So over a 2020, well over no, a 2020, nope, 2020. So it happened in 2019, sat out 2020 and that's when COVID happened. Gotcha. That's when COVID happened. So you told me to sit out the whole year, you know, that stung, but um, it was the right decision. I mean, me and Kevin Dresser were joking about it, right? Um, when the NCAAs got canceled and he was like, gave me like a nudge and he said, I guess it's kind of a good year to get hurt, wasn't it? So, and then we both started laughing, but, um, you know, it's tough because I wanted to wrestle and yeah. not being able to wrestle stung. So was it like a, a particular dual meet that you can remember or a tournament you watched where you just kind of had a conversation with yourself and decided that you had to get back in the mix of it? Um, I mean, just being in the practice room every day, watching those guys, you know, I was kind of like a little like assistant, I guess, when I was in the room because I could still go in there and I guess just like help the guys out and be there for the guys, you know, cause I still want to be there 
for those guys to help push them to reach their goals of being a national champion, all American and, you know, helping those guys get ready. So, I mean, seeing those grind, those guys grind every day, was hard. Um, you know, I was like, dang, you know, I want to come back. I want to, I was thinking to myself for a long time, but I didn't tell anybody. I was How just long? thinking like to a myself. couple months or like a couple weeks. Uh, I would say about like a month or two. And then I finally got up the nerve to tell my dad that, Hey, like, I want to make a run at this again. And he said, all right. And you know, that's so when I told him that he is pretty pumped because obviously he's pretty bummed out when I made the decision to retire. He's like, all right. Um, and I, I knew that I was going to transfer right away. Um, I, so he's like, all right, you know, I'll try and figure this stuff out for you and stuff like that. So my dad was big help during this whole like decision to come back into wrestling and stuff like that. What was his response when he told him the first time that you were stepping away? Um, you know, it's, it's very emotional. Um, like I didn't want to tell my parents, but I told them that, uh, Christmas Eve dinner table, um, my whole family was there and it was very emotional. I mean, I was crying. My mom was, my sisters were crying. My mom, my dad, you know, wow. it's just cause I started wrestling when I was four years old and for the Ville Lombard Cougars. So it's like, um, it's some. I've grown up doing, you know, I've been around the sports. I've been born. My dad was a coach growing up and he wrestled and stuff like that. So, I mean, they said I came out, came out and I had a headgear in wrestling went on. So it's hard to make that decision because that's all I've known. And it's all I've been, I guess, pretty good at. So, you know, it was emotional, but you know, we got over it. So you had known since like November, early December that, the concussion doctor said not to wrestle that year. And then you had taken it a step further and said, it's just time for you to step away permanently at that time. Yeah. I mean, right when I get hit, I knew like we all kind of like saw the writing on the wall, yeah. you know, um, it's going to be done. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but you know, as time went on, it's just like, I want to come back, but yeah, I mean, we saw the writing on the wall. Um, and, you know, I talked to our athletic trainer, the coaches, you know, they all totally understood and what I was going through. So, I mean, it was a tough time, but um, I felt at the time it, that was something that needed to be done. And I love that you've had the perspective of stepping away from the sport. So, like, for that time away, you couldn't identify as a wrestler as much anymore because, you know, you weren't out there competing like you wanted to be. And so, you know, you have that perspective of what life's like without wrestling and now you're back, which is awesome. What, like, what's the biggest thing you learned like while you were away or just the biggest thing that jumped out to you that you didn't think you'd realize? Um, you know, just like, you know, watching practice, you know, like how much of a grind, you know, wrestling is like when you're in there, you're kind of just like, dang, like I can feel like I can go forever. Like, you know, I just want to grind, 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 but like sitting back and watching, these guys like wrestle that hard every day. It's like, dang, maybe we like, we shouldn't be wrestling this hard every day. You know, like maybe we should be sparring more and stuff like that. Cause you know, that's when more injury injuries happen when you're grinding every day, I guess, going hard, wrestling live a lot. And, but other than that, I mean, just, you know, there's so much more to life than wrestling and, you know, just understanding that when I was gone, like I didn't go in the room for a little while, just to step away from it really. And, um, just to get away from it and clear my head and, you know, then come back. But I mean, just, it's so hard to explain. Cause like, 
you understand like I guess like a little bit more positions technique like as you're like I was in coaching mode so I was in like all right now what can we do here to get better in this position and just figuring out little things trying to help these guys out stuff like that man I I love uh I love hearing about that kind of stuff because it's like you have a second life and and now you're back uh you're you're at Wisconsin now which I want to ask you how you got there but before that you came out of high school as one of the top dogs across the land, highly recruited, could have gone anywhere. Who were your schools and how did you end up at Iowa State? Like, who were you looking at? Yeah, so the schools I was looking at um, early on, I took unofficials to uh, Oklahoma State, uh, Michigan, and I kind of took an unofficial to Northwestern as well. But, I mean, I was looking at, you know, I got right when, like, I was a junior, so right when those coaches could call you, I mean, that day was crazy because I was getting calls from Penn State, you know, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, I mean, literally everywhere. Really? That I mean, day? Yeah, Arizona State was calling me. I mean, Missouri called me. Iowa State called me. No Hawkeyes? Yeah. I'm not hearing the Hawkeyes in there. I don't understand. No, I didn't get a call. No, I did not get a call from Iowa. What? Nope, never get yeah, well, but I think if your style is, you know, you're you're uh, you're a goer like that, man. So and obviously there's a there's a pipeline of Clembard North going to Iowa. So no Hawkeye calls when you got the like, obviously, before that day happened, maybe you already knew where you were going to go. Um, is that the case or were you still undecided at that point? No, I was undecided. I had um, really no idea where I was going to go. I mean, I, I I mean, I had a little bit of idea. I mean. I took an unofficial Michigan and I'm really close with the Murphy family mm. and they had quite a few Illinois guys on the team at the time. You know, I had Brian Murphy, George Fisher, Ernest Battaglia, guys like that on that team at the time. And, you know, I grew up watching Brian Russell. So he's a good family friend of mine. And then yeah. Sean Bormet being the coach there. I mean, running the overtime, I've been going, went to overtime when I was like seven or eight years old. So and Bormet and my dad actually wrestled together in high school. So, you know, I've known Bormet for a really long time. And I took it unofficial there. I was like, there's no way I don't go to Michigan. Like, yeah, I know a lot of people here. You know, I'm really close with Bormet, but the facilities are insane there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. The Bahana Center is crazy. Oh, it's, my God. And it's such a fun college town, too. You know, like, Game yeah. day Saturdays are insane there. I mean, not that, not that's yeah, why you're going. Really but, fun. Um, so when you just, when you got down to it, obviously you went Iowa state, who was, if it wasn't Iowa state, who would it have been at that time? Like when you were in high school? I think it would have been Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So when I committed to Iowa state, you know, I think I was like, we had that really good recruiting class. It was when I first committed, then I think it was Caden store committed, Ian Parker committed. Sam Colbert, Gannon Gremmel, um, who else committed? Verclearn committed, Anthony Mantinona committed. You know, we had so many good guys, like, committed after I committed. So, like – Verclearn was going like, to? Yeah, Verclearn was going to Iowa State. Yeah. Is this under the KJ realm or was dressed for the coach? Yeah. Were... Oh, KJ. so you went to wrestle for KJ initially. Yeah, I went to wrestle for KJ, wow. Angel Escobedo, and the Polson brothers. Wow. I didn't realize that. Okay. And then, yeah. So, I mean, I so why did, why did you decide to stay after, uh, after the coaching change? Well, that, I guess that was probably a big inflection point for you as well. Right. 
Yeah, so when I first decided to go to Iowa State, I mean, I fell in love with the campus right away. I mean, it's close close enough to home. I mean, it's four and a half hours away from where I'm at in Chicago. So it's good distance away from home where my parents would come and see me wrestle. You know, I'm a big family guy. I want my parents to be there for every duel if they can. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I've known Angel Escobedo since I've been a baby too. I mean, I've seen him wrestle in Indiana, just all over the country. He's been a big name. And then I told myself I always wanted to wrestle for an Olympic gold medalist. I wanted my head coach to be an Olympic gold medalist because he's been there. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows what it takes to get to that next level. So that was one reason why I, I committed to Iowa State under KJ. And then when uh, they stepped down or I got guess got fired or really, um, you know, I was like, all right, then like, I don't want to stick around anymore. You know, I want to, I don't want to wait for the new head coach. I want to find somewhere else. You know, Iowa State at the time, there were 56 in the country finishing at NCAAs with like a yeah. point. So they weren't doing too hot. But um, Jamie Pollard, the AD at Iowa State, he said, um, I'm not going to release you until you meet who I have coming in as the new head coach. So when he told me that, I was like, dang, he must be bringing in somebody pretty good. And then when it got announced that Kevin Dresser was – the head coach, the new head coach coming in. I was like, all right, like I know a little bit about him just because of what he did at Virginia Tech when he first got there and where they're they're at at the time. It's like these guys have made a pretty big jump. You know, he's a good coach. Um, I mean, what made me stay is, I mean, one week after my state tournament finished, he flew out to my house and gave me a house visit. Like he's like, told me the plan with the program. You know, he didn't couldn't tell me who he was bringing in coaching wise, like who her assistants were going to be, but he told me there were going to be some pretty big dogs. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to take your word for it. And, you know, we're going to do this thing. And then a couple of weeks later, it gets announced that Zadig, St. John and Metcalf are all coming on staff. So I was like, I made the right choice in staying. Dude, that's insane. I forgot all those guys were there at Zadik at first too. And I've heard Dresser is one of the best salesmen of all time. Like, is it true? Like when he comes in the living room, like he's just like the most likable guy in the world. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is. Yep. He's it. People give him the CEO title, but I mean, he's a, he's a really good guy. He's, he's a salesman. Yeah. But I mean, he's a great guy. You know, I like him a lot. I mean, there's no bad blood when Alice leaving and stuff like that, you know, I have all the respect in the world for Kevin Dresser and what he's done with this pro- program at Iowa State. So that's awesome. Like you, man, I, I didn't really know a lot about him. I kind of heard, you know, f- you know, Virginia Tech and all that stuff. But I had uh, Tony Roby on the show and did a lot of research on him. And obviously, he was with uh, Dresser. And like, man, he was like the godfather of uh, Virginia, man. Like they could not believe he left. Like he owned land everywhere. He was a legend from the high school days. And then he had taken Virginia Tech. So for him to leave was like just stunning for a lot of like Virginia diehards. And obviously it's great for Iowa State that he's there. And, um, you know, one of the top programs all time. So, so you were there, you had that taste. How did you come upon Wisconsin? Um, you know, when I made a decision um, to transfer, I kind of like people like really don't know kind of like the story. Like I'm, I kind of get like a lot of like backlash from the Iowa state people community, like Iowa state wrestling fans. Yeah. They're like, Oh, like, I can't believe like you left, you're a trader and stuff like that. But truth be told, it's 
I had no choice but to leave because our athletic trainer and our doctor wouldn't clear me to wrestle. Oh, really? At Iowa State. Yeah. So they said, we understand that they said, we understand, like, we understand why you want to wrestle again. Like we support it. It's just, we can't support it here at Iowa State because they couldn't like live with themselves if something bad would happen to me. Got it. And stuff like that. So I had um, no choice but to transfer, but I think um, I would have transferred anyways. I mean, I love Iowa State. You know, I love the town of Ames. It's a great town. Um, I love all the coaches, all my teammates that were at Iowa State, you know, all my best friends and brothers. But I think it was just time for a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in Ames for four years, and um, I just wanted to change it up and get a new taste. I mean, so I was going to leave anyways. But Wisconsin, I mean, when I decided to first transfer, John Reeder was messaging me on Instagram like five minutes later. Like when I got announced on transfer portal, he hit, hit me up on Instagram right away. And then so there, he texted me every day, like asked me how I was doing, you know, no how's way. Training he's going? that how's on it. Dude, he was on it. He was like, how's, how's training going? How you doing? Um, how's your head and stuff like that. And he would text me every day. Even when I wasn't committed there, he's like champ, national champ. Yeah, text me national champ every single day. So when you got guys like that that text me like that every single day, it's like, how do I not want to go there and wrestle for those guys? You know, if they believe that I can be a national champ, you know, then I believe I'm going to be a national champ under them. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's Madison's awesome town, awesome yeah. city. You know, it's an hour and a half away from home, so I can't you can't beat it. Um, I kind of go home whenever I want and see my family. Bro, especially um, you grew up in Big Ten country. We got to get you back in the Big Ten. Like, it's good to have you yeah, back right? in there. You know, I mean, yeah, we grew up in the thick of Big Ten country. It's like, dude, it's just so the Big Ten tournament's held in such high esteem around here. You know, it's like so cool. You'll be back in it. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I always wanted to wrestle in the Big Ten. I mean, that's what everybody wants to do. Every kid who's getting recruited and pretty good coming out of high school. I mean, they want to wrestle in the Big Ten if they can, because that's where all the tough wrestling is and it's, it's like the Big Ten tournament's like a mini NCAA tournament. It's like if you place pretty high at the Big Tens or place Big Tens, you potentially could be a national champ or All-American. So, I mean, it's good testing grounds. Well, in I mean, the Big Ten like, network, it's like the most – there's so much yeah. wrestling on TV now. You know, you're going to be yep. everywhere. And uh, it's just so exciting. that. And, I, and by the way, I love Reader and Bono. I mean, I didn't know them at all until I started this show, had them on right away. They were just like so – exciting and the, the energy they put off. I know you know this by now, but mm-hmm. it, it just makes you feel good, you know? And so they were telling me like their morning routine and how crazy they are. And we were talking a little bit off air. They just got done running a hundred mile race. And, and you were telling me that these guys are getting up at like 3 a.m. before they work out with you guys. Yeah, they would get up at like 3, 4 a.m. just to get in there how many miles they had a day. So they started off pretty slow and it was like, they'd crank out like 10 miles, 12 miles, and they'd pick it up almost every single week. And I would text and be like, Hey, I'm on my way up to Madison for us in practice just cause I haven't, I don't have a place out there yet. And be like, all right, we're just getting our run. We're finishing up like 20 something miles. I'm like you guys are freaking insane. Like, Crazy. but I mean, they, they put their minds to it, man. And they did it. It's, it's kind of hard not to get behind those guys. You know, if your coaches are doing it, 
you know, it makes me as an athlete and kind of us as a team, like, Hey, why can't we go the extra step or go the extra mile while yeah. we're wrestling practice? You know, if our coaches are willing to go through pain, that means uh, we should be willing to go through pain for those guys as well. So, I mean, it's, it's super cool to see. I mean, super motivating. You're like, dude, like I want to go on a run now, not a hundred miles, but you know, I'll go for a run now. Um, and to but, see, uh, to see those guys limping across the finish line, you just know they were in some pain and they got it done still like crazy to see. Yeah. They're yeah. They were in some pain. They were walking like they were hurting bad. Hurting. I'm, we're going to get reader. On, I was going to say, we got to get reader on the show. I was, I messaged him. I'm like, did you finish? He's like, had to. Um, but he's like, I'm hurting so bad now. I can't even do a podcast, but we're going to do it like this week or next and talk about the adventure of the hundred miles. Cause it's like yeah. crazy. Yeah. They're probably in bed, freaking legs up chilling right now. That's what I would be doing. They're probably sleeping and relaxed. Oh. I mean, their bodies are probably broken down. I mean, it's going to take a while for them to recover. So no doubt. And like, I also was just thinking, obviously you have Seth Gross your weight. That's going to be a great workout partner. Um, so have you officially moved to Wisconsin and you're all settled in? Uh, I move in in two weeks from today. So I'm moving on August 16th. I'll nice. have my own place up there. So, you know, I'm excited about this new journey and this new home that I have. And, you know, I'm super excited for my future and what, what my goals are and to watch me achieve those goals. So it's going to be fun, man. And for, you know, for people who aren't from Illinois, they know you anyway, from a national scale, but for Illinoisans, man, the Gomez family has been on the scene for quite some time. Give us a little rundown. Is it your grandpa or your, your dad and your uncle who kind of got things going? So, uh, my dad, uh, my grandpa never wrestled, but my dad wrestled for, uh, West Chicago high school, uh, in high school. Um, you know, he's, he's wrestled 98 pounds a senior year. So he is a little guy, but he's not 98 pounds anymore. <laughs> so um, he was 98 pounds. I think the best he did in state was like fifth, took fifth place because he missed weight. So he had to go up a weight class. And he's <laughs> so he always tells you that story, like how if he didn't miss weight, he probably would have won it because the guy he uh, beat the week before won that state tournament, that state bracket, the weight below him that he missed weight at. Wow. Because I guess if you miss weight, you could just move up to the next weight class. Crazy. I didn't even think you could do that. That's crazy. Yeah. So he took fifth and then, you know, he went to Germany a couple of times, wrestled internationally, but never really stuck to it. Kind of just wanted to start working. Mm -hmm. um, and then he started coaching at the Ville Lombard Cougars. So he started doing that with under Jim Considine. And, um, what about Joe you know, is Joe, his, his yep. brother, or is that your no, uncle? Or? Joe is my cousin. Got it. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Joe is my cousin. He wrestled that, you know, we kind of, my parents took him in, uh, that was my dad's dad's, uh, nephew. Gotcha. So, so he lived with you essentially for yeah, a long time. Live with us. Yeah. Live with us ever since I was growing up, he lived with me. So, really? So how much yeah. older is he than you? I wouldn't say he's like 30, 15 years, 16 years, maybe. I want to say that. Okay. So quite sure. a bit though. So yeah, he's quite it, a bit. So what, when, when he, he was came wrestling up, high school, I was like three, four years old. So I was like, just starting wrestling. 
So you don't even really have any memories of him going through it. No, not really. None. Yeah. Cause he, none. I mean, he was touted as one of the best high school wrestlers ever. I mean, he, did he win three, four? How many? He didn't he win won four. Two. He won two. He won two. Cause he wrestled he lavender. Two. Um, did he beat lavender or did lavender beat him from lavender? Moline. I think he beat lavender. He did. Yeah. I remember seeing those bracket boards you know i'd wake up in the morning and i'd be in high school or even like middle school um we, we'd have a state bracket boards like in our basement in my rooms in the basement I'd, if i'd have to go upstairs you know i'd have to look at those bracket boards so who like, were his big every losses? day and what happened to him um, in those years freshman he won it his freshman year sophomore year he lost the guy he beat his freshman. I can't remember his name. Okay. And then junior year, he lost to Cassio Perro. Oh, wow. And then he finally won it again his senior year. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, he had like, I don't know if it was like 200 wins, but obviously one of the most dominant wrestlers of his time. His, yeah, he was 195 and five in high school. Wow. Dominant. Yeah. So was he your trainer growing up or who, who got you going? Um, my dad did, you know, I mean, growing up watching Joe wrestle, it's like, you know, how do I not wrestle? I mean, he's one of the, at the time he was one of the best recruits coming out of high school in that 2004 class. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, seeing him wrestle every day and, you know, growing up in the Glenbar North wrestling room, you know, how do you not wrestle? It's one of the best programs in the state right now. And it's always been a top program in the state of Illinois and sometimes even the country. I remember when Joe was coming out, of, I think it was Joe's senior year. They won the first class tournament and they beat Apple Valley when they were ranked first in the country. So wow. I think their senior year, Joe's senior year, they finished number one in the country. Bombard North did. So, I mean, growing up under that and then, you know, the legendary Mark Hahn, how do you not want to wrestle for that guy? So, right. I mean, wrestling's in my blood and, you know, it's something I wanted to do. It's my parents never forced it on me. You know, it's just, I always put a headgear on the singlet and, you know, I used to wrestle this little Chucky doll growing up in our living room and That's awesome. I, I, I wanted to wrestle. So, I mean, so once you were into it like that, I got to imagine the training you were doing at a young age was rigorous. Like when you were in middle school in the IKWF days, were you working out five days a week? Were you doing two a days? And what was your routine at that point? Yeah. So, um, after, you know, um, my dad ended up opening his own club called Gomez Wrestling Academy mm -hmm. and our facility was five minutes not even two minutes away from our house it was like a mile away so I was working out I mean once a day growing up I mean my dad you know is notorious for shooting you know you gotta shoot to win that's my dad's you know he calls himself the shot back you know it's hilarious <laughs> does he really yeah he does um, so big takedown cut takedown cut yeah I mean his Instagram thing is a shy town shot doc. Love it. So that's what he calls himself. I mean, but just doing the simple, like knee over toe, you know, change your level shoot, you know, you're shooting on a wall and he was big on the Adam takedown machine. The one that just stands mm -hmm. on, sits there on the wall. I freaking hated that thing. I like, so it would have like a spring in the back of it. I would shoot doubles and like purposely try to rip the spring off the back. So I didn't have to shoot on it anymore. And wow. he'd have to order a new spring and that would take a couple of weeks to come in. Cause I hated shooting on a thing, but I mean, yeah, my dad was just big on, you know, sh 
takedown, cut him, takedown, cut him, takedown, cut him. And growing up, people like hated to watch me wrestle because that's all I do. I wouldn't do anything at the top. I would just take that, take it down and let you up, take mm-hmm. it down and let you up. So at a young age, I mean, I was just taking guys down and letting them up. And, you know, at the end, I'll put a half in and pin them. But, and were those practices yeah, my, just like balls of the wall at Gomez? Because I mean, because I heard you guys went hard in there. Yeah, we went pretty hard. I mean, they go pretty hard. I mean, those we had some really good guys in that room. And, you know, my dad, that's the only thing he knew is working hard. You know, you're not going to get by by not working hard. So he's like, you know, we're going to run you guys down and we're going to, but, and work hard. But he didn't push, he pushed you. But if you didn't want to do it, you didn't want to do it. So mm-hmm. all the, the guys were behind him everybody was behind him we believed in his philosophy and believed what he was doing with us that you know it's going to work and it's going to pay off and you know for some of us it did and you know we did really good things for my dad in that club and um yeah i mean i I remember the the club and and seeing you guys warm up and i I vividly remember you man just at the tournaments mean mugging as like a little eighth grader just all all business who were some of your ikwf nemesis back in the day do you have any barn burners um also connor me and that kid you guys wrestled tell me about it all the time all the time ever since growing up like when we first started we're like five years old at the band of state championships in illinois (laughs) we wrestled when he wrestled we when we were growing we saw each other every single weekend and we wrestled a lot was it pretty even or did someone get the better of one at one time i don't I don't really remember, but you know, we just batted on. You know, he beat me, I beat him. It was like back and forth. We change every single week, but I wrestled him a lot. Um, what about I, I wrestled yeah. Christian Robertson a lot? In the finals, did you Christian guys ever Robertson. wrestle? Oh, uh, no, we never wrestled. We were always different weights. We stopped wrestling in, right when we hit like fifth and sixth grade. That's when we stopped wrestling just because we were different weights. He started getting a little bit bigger than me. Gotcha. And then we finally wrestled again in high school where our freshman years, he pinned me because I was trying to go for like um, a cow catcher or something like that. And then he put me to my back and pinned me at, at the, the Dvorak at, tournament. Oh, Dvorak, Dvorak tournament. Wow. Yep. So how many IKWF titles did you win in total? Two. I won one at six, Novice 62. I beat Dylan Duncan. The next year, I lost to Christian Robertson. Um, the year after that, I won again, and then I lost to Dylan Duncan my last year. Wow, bro! For yeah. someone of your caliber to lose as an eighth grader is not very common. Um, and but obviously, uh, Dylan Duncan's super on the level. So was that something that really drove you all throughout high school that eighth grade year? Yeah, I mean. My dad, you know, he held me back. So that was like my last, I was actually in like seventh grade when I was supposed to be going to eighth grade, but I was in seventh grade at the time. So he held me back, but he's gotcha. like, okay. so I wasn't going into high school right away, but he said, I don't want you wrestling the IKWF season because there's no point to wrestle. Oh, really? So you held back yes. and didn't wrestle the IKWF season? Yeah. I didn't wrestle the IKWF season. So did you just go like Tulsa and that kind of thing? Or what did you I went to Tulsa. Yep. I went to Tulsa. I did all that. And I mainly just trained freestyle. I was just really? wrestling freestyle all the time. I was getting ready to go like try and make a cadet world team. And you did do try that, to do right? those things. I did that going into high school. Yep. I made the world team. So gotcha. you know that 
getting held back and like just working on freestyle and stuff like that. And it helped me to achieve those summer goals. And I made the cadet world team and went to Serbia that year. That's pretty amazing. I didn't realize that was the story behind it, that you had held back and didn't go IKWF. That's awesome. Yeah. That your dad. So I, yeah, I'm a year older than everybody else in my grade. So. Right. Pretty common in Illinois. And I'm sure most States, um, if not mm-hmm. definitely common in Illinois for, for kids to do that. Um, and then obviously you went to the great Glenbard North gold dot nation. Um, just a huge tradition. And I don't know if there's any program where the alum really just stick that pride out there more than Glenbard North. Um, you know, Tony Ramos is from there for folks who aren't from Illinois, just a a tremendous tradition. And did you guys have, were you guys battling like Oak park? Like who was the dominant team when you were in high school besides you guys? Us, Oak Park, uh, Sandberg, Carl Sandberg, and Lockport were starting to get really good as well. Was Montini so was super like, good too? Montini, they were two way when I was when I was going through high school. Then they finally went up to three A, like my gotcha. senior year or something like that. So who were you guys battling like the team section to get down there? Or did you guys win it when you were there? I I, I don't know. Never won it. I went to. Uh, team state once in high school is that it they went once those teams are so good yeah they're really good i mean my freshman year it was uh we had kirk johansson at 106 me at 113 kid named pat augustine who was really tough um at 120 you know we had kid named john marmalejo who Mm -hmm. wrestled my dad growing up jared cortez uh oh my god i forgot he went to glenbard north Yep. And then we had like just so many good guys that came from like the Villa Lombard Cougar area, like that area that they weren't big names, but we were just really solid up and down the lineup. Yeah. And we lost our team sectional to Conant by oh, one wow. point. Yeah. So we didn't go down to the state my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, we were really good. Uh, I think we we're top 12 in the country my sophomore year. And we ended up taking third at state because we lost to Sandberg, Carl Sandberg in the um, semifinals down at state, but we beat them in the duel prior. So was that just a packed house duel mate? Yeah, it was packed. I and mean, we wrestled at Sandberg, you know, is no, my sophomore year we wrestled at Glenbar North. So it happened on like a Saturday. So people could come and watch, you know, it wasn't bothering like basketball or football or anything like that. So right. we just brought them in on a Saturday morning at like, 10 a.m. and we wrestled and it was packed. That's awesome, man. I, I just love these uh these big dual meets. And you know, last season we were obviously robbed of them. So I'm so excited that we're gonna get some of these back this year. What was the year you were wrestling Rentary in the finals and were losing and had to come back? It was so crazy. I mean, what year we was wrestled that? that sec uh 20 you know, like 15, freshman year, sophomore year? Sophomore year, 2015, sophomore year. So I so took third my freshman year and then sophomore year, we wrestled at the sectional. It was at Glenbar North and we wrestled on like the close mat to like the bleachers. So every, like, I think the, the videos on YouTube of our sectional match and it's crowded, but I lost in like, it was like triple overtime or something like that. I lost in, and then we wrestled again in the state finals. I mean, I was down, I was losing. I was like, he got called for stalling. So I was only losing by one. So I was like, all right, so I'm going to try and push for another stall call. And then 
you know, I'm pushing up her body, pushing up her body. And I just said, frick it, screw it. I'm going to send it. And, you know, luckily it paid off. And then there was like five seconds left on the clock. So we had to get a restart because we went out of bounds and he hits a Granby roll. He's basically out. Like he's out for one. If he gets one, he ties the match. We're going to overtime. But luckily I like throw him, but like I ankle pick him and grab his ankle and just hang on for dear life. Like two seconds left. And it's was, wow. it was like a big like surprise because, you know, I save Illinois is either you want Renteria to win or want me to win. And then it was like a big thing when I finally won because, you know, I was following, trying to follow Joe's legacy. You know, I wanted to be him. But I wanted to get more than two state titles. You know, I wanted to get more. And then so when I finally won it my sophomore year, it was like kind of like a big relief off my back. It was like, dang, I finally did it. I finally got one. So. I can just imagine how crazy my man Mike Powell must have been going during that match, knowing that he was uh, at Oak Park and and just how in, in, into the matches he got. And, God, I got to go back and watch that one. I can't wait. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. I mean, he wasn't even in the corner. He was in the side, like, by the tunnel. And, yeah. you know, he's calling in for locked hands. It's like two seconds left. And – Joe was in my corner at the time, and he was like, get out of here, get out of here. It was nuts. It was nuts oh, everybody wanted locked hands called, but I didn't even lock my hands. Like, I just had, like, both ankles hooked in like this, and my head was in the middle. I'm like, dude, I'm not letting you go. God, dude, that – I can just imagine the drama that unfolded in the bleachers afterwards. Like, that's just yeah. that's just good old Illinois drama right there, man. Um, yeah, it's huge Coaches drama. yelling at coaches. I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, – Man, that is awesome. And so you, you said it was a big relief. So did you, were you someone who carried a lot of pressure on yourself to get that done? Or were you more of like a wide open type guy? I mean, I really don't have a lot of pressure on myself. I mean, we have a shirt. It's pressure is a privilege. So, I mean, you know, I like having pressure on myself. I like putting pressure on myself because I expect myself to do good. I expect myself to win. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, going out, you know, going out and getting that state title is like, it's kind of a big relief because you know, I've, it's something I've been chasing my whole life was winning an IHSA state title. You know, it's something, if you're in Illinois, that's what you want to do. And, you know, doing that, my sophomore year was kind of like, I can breathe and I can finally like relax a little bit. But I mean, I like having pressure on myself. It's, it's a good thing to have. Like, yeah. you want to be like, you want to be that last match. You want the duel to come down to you, you know, you, you want to be down by, one with 10 seconds to go, you know, you don't want that, but it's like, if you know, you got to do it, you got to do it. You're not going to freak out and, you know, you have a plan of attack and how you're going to attack that situation. Absolutely. No, it's, and that shows in your wrestling. Let, let me wind down with this, the Fargo stuff. You won two Fargo freestyle titles and then two Greco titles, right? Yep. Did yep. you double up in those years or were those in like opposite years when those all happened? I doubled up in one of them. Uh, my first year at Fargo, I won Greco, took second in freestyle. And then year after that, I doubled Caden uh, Gefeller in the freestyle finals wow. of freestyle. Dang. Yep. Is so that Oklahoma? Am I yep. thinking? Okay. Oklahoma gotcha. Kid. Yep. Okay. What about the second yep. year then? Um, I won Greco and won freestyle. So I doubled up and I actually won Cadet Greco Wrestler of the Year that year. Wow. Yeah. But that year, like, I didn't even want to wrestle Greco. Like I didn't do cadet duels for Greco. I only did freestyle because I didn't, I didn't wrestle Greco almost the whole year. Cause I, 
I didn't want to make weight three times at Fargo. You know, I, right. And I didn't, I really don't like Greco that much. I mean, the hand fight and stuff like that, you know, I just want to shoot to the legs and, but, um, Brian Medlin talked me into it and going Greco <laughs> and yeah, coach Eric Wetzel did our Greco coach at the time. And Jimmy chase was our Greco coach at Gomez too. At the time, North, we all, respect. Yep. Yep. They all talked me into it and I was like, all right, well, if I'm doing it, this is, this is my last year. I'm not doing it again. But like, all right, that's fine. And luckily I did it and, um, took it down. I took it down. Yeah. Right. How did your, then, uh, how'd your like cadet team on always do? Did you guys win it? Yeah. Deals? We killed everybody. We killed everybody. Yeah. No one at that time we had, our teams were just so deep. I mean, guys like Grenaria, Magical, O'Connor, myself, Jacob Warner, uh, Louis Hayes, Larry Early. I mean, there's the list goes on and on. And Isaiah I White, can't even name it. Isaiah White, exactly. Kamal Bay. I mean, <laughs> my God, dude. We, we like literally like kids on those teams. Like we couldn't lose. It's like Illinois when that, that team was put together. It's like there's no reason why we should lose. What about there's the no junior years? Same thing. I mean, junior years. Like we had those teams, but then Oklahoma started getting really good. You know, they had Dayton Fix, Katie Gefeller, Bula Wellen, oh, no. uh, Tristan Moran. I mean, they had all those guys. So when I went to junior duels, we took second that year and we went, we lost to Oklahoma. Dang. Good. Good to see some, some good battles out there though. And then you're in Fargo, you, you won it. Um, I'm assuming once as a junior. Yep. So I t- after the year I doubled up, I took fifth in freestyle. I lost to Jack Mueller in the semis and then I lost to Ian Parker my future teammate um, in the Conti semis and then took fifth next year. I ended up winning it. And that was the last year I went to Fargo. Gotcha. And then, I was going into college. I was getting ready for my senior year. And then I decided to not do it. Bro. So the amount of matches you had on your body going into college was probably as much as anyone in your class. I mean, I, I mean, all those guys are wrestling all the time. So you were well seasoned and mm-hmm. your 2019 season at Iowa state was so much fun to watch rounded 12. Was it Philippi in the wrestlebacks you wrestled or was that in the championship round? I wrestled, uh, McPhilippi, uh, second round. That Lost came down to, to the wire. That, that could have been on... some stall calls several times in that match, bro. Don't even get me. Sorry. I was in on a leg with like 20 seconds left. You know, he takes a bad shot. I re-attack him. Been out of leg with 20 seconds left. You know, coaches always tell us, we're edge of the mat, bring him to the center. You have a better chance at finishing. But with me, I'm like, I'm gonna think, if I win this, I'm going to the quarters. So I'm like, I got to finish. I got to finish. Just didn't bring him to the middle center of the mat. And, you know, I tried to finish on the edge. And him, he's really long. You know, he's hard to score on. He beat guys like Dayton Fix that year. And, yeah. you know, I couldn't finish and then lost to that match and then lost to DeSanto in the oh, round of 12. Brutal weight, bro. But I mean, that was only your freshman year. And I know you said you cut a lot. So I'm nervous to ask, are you going 41 or are you going back 33? <laughs> I'm going 41. Thank God. I, I'm going 141. Thank God. Cause I, you know, yeah. I was also thinking about, you know, all the Joe Rogan podcasts I've heard where they're talking about how much worse concussions get when you're cutting weight and your like brains mm-hmm. dehydrated. So I got to think there's something there if you were cutting that hard. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, we believe and the doctor believes that's, that's why one of the reasons I was getting hit in the head so hard or yeah. not getting hit, but getting concussions. 
was because, you know, I was dehydrated. I was cutting to 133 and, you know, 133 was a big cut for me at, after my uh, 2019 season. I mean, when I first came to college, I was weighing like 150. So, you know, I was 17 pounds, you know, I was pretty big already. And then after my 20, wasn't hard to make. I mean, I would get down, like I'd do a weight cut and get down to like 130. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like three pounds under and have to eat up to 133. But, you know, after my 2019 season, um, I was lifting a lot and, you know, just eating because, you know, they didn't want me doing any freestyle that season or that off season. And so I was weighing as much as like 160, 165. So, yeah, I was, I was big. And then like coach put me on the scale one day. It's like, all right, well, it looks like we need to start getting your weight down. I was like, yeah, we should probably start doing that. And then, you know, it was just hard for me. I'd hit like, once I'd hit like 145, like 143, 145, I was like, dang, I still got like 12 more pounds to go. That was a mile marker. 145 was like, you're getting somewhere and you were going to 133. Like, that's so far yeah, away. Still. I was like, you know, we're getting it. Like it's coming down, but it's like, I'm starting to feel like crap. Like I'm, wow. I'm really starting to feel it. And then, but I think the lowest I ever got after that 2019 season was like 139. That's the last time I saw like the 130s. Wow. It was like the lowest I got. So you could wrestle 149 and be a little small for the weight, but pretty good for the weight if you really had yeah. to. If I really wanted to, yeah, I could wrestle 149. But wow. I think I'm a little bit too undersized. You know, I think I just, if I wanted to go 149, I'd have to get a little bit stronger. Yeah. And, you know, put on some muscle. But I think 140 weight is going to be a perfect way for me. You know, I, I'll be, I think I'll be a pretty big, not height wise, but thickness wise, I'll be a pretty good size 141 pounder. And that's such a fun weight too. That, that's like one of the premier weight classes. I mean, that's such a good, good weight. Yeah. I'm excited for it. And it's going to be a lot of fun to compete in that weight class. I can't wait, man. I'm so excited. We got to have you on the show and uh, been a fan of yours for like probably like, you know, five, 10 years from afar, just watching, learning, and great to see you back in the mix, man. Thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And that's the end of this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you to our sponsor, Spartan Combat. And coming Monday, August 30th, we will be releasing our next audio documentary series. It's called Slaying Satyev. It's a story about the biggest upset in wrestling history that took place at the 2000 Olympics. We put a ton of time into these audio docs, so it would mean the world to me if you would check out Slaying Satyev on Monday, August 30th, right here on this platform. Peace!